You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment as we bring on our Facebook crew. I'm sure we have an entire audience apoplectic in disbelief that we started on time. <clears throat> I mean, literally, right on the dot. It's the Huddle Up podcast presented by Mile High Huddle, as always, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach Von Miller, after having to do everything virtual last year, held his fifth annual Pass Rush Summit in Vegas. All the prospective and accomplished pass rushers in the NFL descend on this, on Sin City for probably, a, I, don't know, I would guess, a little bit of extracurricular fun, but mostly they're there to learn at the feet of stalwarts like Von Miller and Demarcus Ware and uh, Aaron Donald and guys like that. But along the way, Zach, Von Miller dropped something that was kind of interesting about Aaron Rodgers, Drew Locke, that whole nine yards. I want to get to that. But first, how was your weekend, bro? Uh, kind of un- uneventful, Chad. Uh, hopefully you've had a better one than I have. So how was yours? Mine was pretty good. You know, a lot of um, yard work, actually. My I'm doing a lot of stuff in my backyard. Um, getting my new studio is just this close from being officially complete. And so there was a few honeydews that needed to be taken care of over the weekend. So that's what I've been doing. Um, but let me just go through this real quick. So Von Miller, when asked about, you know, Rogers or uh, Deshaun Watson or someone like that a landing in Denver, and this is a quickly dwindling prospect, right? We're almost to July you get to if you get to training camp and there's no movement, teams are going to come off the idea of landing a Rodgers or a Watson and paying a King's bounty to do it because they're not going to have a, a plausible window of time to get everyone up to speed. But here's what Vaughn said about a quote: "It's crazy to think about you know getting an Aaron Rodgers. You put him on any team in the league and he changes that team. If you get too emotionally involved in those guys and then it doesn't happen, now you got Locke over here looking like what about now?" So you don't want to get too emotionally attached to the rumors. You start thinking, oh, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, but hold on a minute, wait a minute, we've got Drew Locke. That's who we're running with. That's who we're going into the season with until anything changes. Closed quote. Zach, what's there to divine from this particular quote? I mean, I wouldn't call it a ringing endorsement on Von Miller's behalf, but it's if you pull up, you don't have to, but if you see and go back and, and read Melvin Gordon's initial quote on Aaron Rodgers, he said the same exact thing. How crazy it would be to think about getting him. Uh, you put on any team and you know he's the MVP and he has that sway. It's just, to me, not much to make about it. Obviously, it's entertaining and tantalizing to think about this Broncos team because Von Miller knows. I mean, he's, what, arguably the longest tenured Bronco now? Is that, is he not? Okay, so he's been around. He's seen the ups and the downs. He's seen the last five years, no playoffs, off the NFL map, losing seasons. And he's he knows to himself, you put this playoff-ready roster with Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, that's exciting, but it's just rumors. It's all speculation right now. And he's preaching the same exact thing we've been saying. For right now, Drew Locke is the Broncos' starting quarterback. So for right now, he's rallying around Drew Locke as a starting quarterback. That's what I take out of it. 
I'm going to share what my one takeaway here in just a minute, but you're right about the whole idea of, you know, who, from a veteran perspective, who would not be excited about the notion of Aaron Rodgers suddenly quarterbacking your team? I mean, it's a, it's a no brainer for, if you're Von Miller, I mean, it's like, Hey Drew, you demand, but Aaron Rodgers, let's go. Von was there 2012 when he saw how the Broncos underwent a complete sea change with the arrival of Peyton Manning. Now, you know, 2011 was a whirlwind. It was a roller coaster. It was tons of fun. Broncos won eight games, seven of them with Tebow. They won a playoff game. That was a wild romp. But Vaughn, even as a rookie that year, knew, and just like his teammates, Broncos were whistling past the graveyard. This was a thing that was, you know, the, the whole Tebow model that the Broncos employed that year was not long for the world. And then to see Peyton Manning and how it transformed the franchise, taking the Broncos from a perspective kind of nipping at the heels of being a wild card to like bona fide number one seed in the AFC threat. He sees, he remembers that and he thinks, man, getting Aaron Rodgers, we could kind of recapture that magic. But Zach, my one takeaway on this is unlike the last few quotes we've heard from guys, whether it's Fangio, uh, Peyton, we've talked about it on the show. I think even Melvin Gordon's quote, we can look back into it, but Teddy's name didn't come up here, which was interesting to me. Very interesting. And I don't know if that's because Vaughn is just going off the assumption of Drew being the incumbent. So, you know, that's it. Like it's as simple as that. Or if he truly expects and believes Drew's going to win this job. I also think he's looking at this. If you read that last part of that quote from Locke's perspective, you know, you're looking at Locke over here like, hey, what about me? So I think he's putting himself in a young quarterback's shoes. And I, Von Miller has been around the game long enough. I think he even knows that Drew Locke has gotten a raw deal to this point. Teddy Bridgewater is the new guy, but he's been around the league. Drew Locke hasn't, and he ended the year as the Broncos starter. And if you remember the quotes that were coming out before last season, and from Von Miller specifically, he was very high on Drew. I mean, he was a big Drew fan. I know he likes every quarterback that just shuffles into Denver. Case Keenum can't forget that quote about dancing in the locker room with him. But I think he genuinely likes Drew Locke, and he wants to see him succeed. And until otherwise, he has no reason to root against him or think uh, he's not going to be the Broncos quarterback. I think anyone who has shared a locker room with Drew Locke likes Drew Locke. You know that he's a he's a very likable teammate. You Except know, for Kareem always, Jackson, apparently. <laughs> well, in Kareem's defense, you know he's it's like being in a in a broken home where you love mom and you love dad. You know he's been with Deshaun Watson and he's been with Drew Luck. But uh, nevertheless, guys, we got more to get to tonight. All right, uh, we want to talk about the interesting and kind of kicking the hornet's nest comment from Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, kind of spitball if and how that might change accelerate things here with rogers or not uh we'll get to your super chats including max we'll get to you just a minute max uh first a couple of really quick matters of business starting with making sure everybody knows how to connect with us on social media yes that is a crib that you see behind me to the right the room i am in right now is oh so temporarily still my office that's gonna be changing soon and there's gonna be my son's room um etc anyway Connect with us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner in crime, Zach Kelberman, as you can see on screen there, at Kelberman NFL. Our great producer, Bona Beast, at John KMHH, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Also, guys, make sure you're following the podcast page on Facebook. Easy to navigate to on a browser, facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Or just open up the app on your phone, search Huddle Up Podcast, like 
and follow, and you'll be automatically entered into our weekly randomly selected drawings. You get a piece of uh, MHH swag. Might be a hat, might be one of the new Football Priest t-shirts with these two mugs on them. It's just another way to make sure you're staying plugged in. We have some big plans for our Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page that we can't quite yet unveil. We got to get the following up to a certain point, and then we're going to start doing some really cool stuff there. Uh, Also, guys, kindly consider becoming a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. It costs five bucks a month. You're helping keep the lights on. A, B, you get access to our premium video content, which includes every Sunday at noon Mountain Time, Kelberman's Corner, and on Saturdays, The Trickle Zone. We're going to be rolling out my new show. It's going to have something to do with Broncos lore, Broncos literature, books, history. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll get access to that as long as you are a paying supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. And again, it's just another way to, to help keep the lights on here at MHH as far as the videos and the and the podcasts and what we're doing there. Also, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a t-shirt. Get a hat. Get a mug. A little something, something for everybody. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. Just make sure you're subscribed. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, like the video, guys. That's a, a humble request from ours. of ours. It helps us grow. helps us reach new like-minded Broncos fans like you. And then share it out there if you think we're doing a good job or if at the very least you respect the effort, the litmus test that tells us, the testimonial that tells Zach, myself, John, all of us, if we're doing a good job is whether or not you're sharing this out there on your social media and helping us keep this snowball growing. All right, real quick, I want to grab a super chat before it jumps Max Power here. He says, Max, thank you for the super chat, by the way, my friend, from across the pond. We don't always agree on the, on the topics at hand, but we do appreciate the support. Albright, Benjamin Albright, KOA Radio, NFL Insider. Albright says Locke needs one year to develop. Drew Locke equals lost cause. Time to cut bait now, so cut him. Trade him for Gardner Minshew and have true competition for Teddy. Like your, your solution, Max, I'm sorry, dude, your solution uh, – it's one thing, like if I if I joined you on the premise that Drew Locke is a lost cause, Minshew's the answer. You lost all credibility on that, my dog. You, your whole argument just went down the toilet, down the drain, gone as soon as you equated any kind of a positive solution for the Broncos at quarterback with Gardner Minshew. No, it gets worse. Pull up that second comment. It gets a lot worse. Minshew on this Broncos team, nine wins minimum. Drew Locke on this team, five wins maximum. Next question. Appreciate you being with us, though, Max. Shout out to Free Earth Citizen. What's up, dude? Thank you for the super sticker. We'll keep an eye out for any topics, comments, questions that you might have in the chat, but thank you. If you're on Twitter, by the way, connect with us. All right? We like to stay in touch, keep the conversation going. Um, EJ, good to see you, buddy. John, real quick, we've got an extremely, extremely generous super chat from the Duchess of MHH. Michaela Parker jumping in off the top rope and the good news gang. She's going to come on the show. This has been decided July 7th. Michaela is going to join us here on the show. It's going to be a gas. We're looking forward to it. We brought her on, hung out in the room, you know, in the, in the backstage type room. And uh, she got a feel for it. It's very conversational, right? We're just hanging out. We're just talking shop. We're talking about all the things we all know and love and, and are passionate about. It's very laid back. So, Michaela, we can't wait till that day. And Zach, she says, the fact that so many players go to bat for Drew Locke is very telling, in my opinion. Let them hate. 
Uh, Michaela, we literally just got done thanking you for your support and generosity, and you pop back in here with a forty nine ninety nine super. You are the best, Michaela. That's why you are the Duchess. Thank you so much for all you're doing and all you've done and all you will do, and we look forward to having you on the show on July 7th. But, yeah, it is telling. I mean, I haven't heard – usually, like, when there's some sort of a split in the locker room or when, like, a team kind of – or a quarterback, I should say, kind of loses the support, even fractionally, of the locker room, you start to hear things, right? Players let slip things, well, especially in the day and age of social media. Right. Zach, we haven't heard anything like that on the Drew Locke front. The closest we've gotten is Kareem Jackson openly campaigning for Deshaun Watson. And I want to say Jerry Judy back in January when asked directly about the prospect of getting Deshaun Watson in Denver back when this was still a thing – was like, yeah, that'd be great. You know, didn't say anything about Drew, but I can't think of word one that we've heard from a current or former teammate. I mean, maybe ask Joe Flacco. He might not have too many kind things to say about Drew, let's face it. But still, I mean, that's that's a that's something to consider. Yeah, I don't want to talk to Joe Flacco about anything. Uh, but Chad, I was thinking to myself, I might do this for an article. I want to go back and pull every notable quote about Locke this offseason from his teammates. And if we can compare that in an article, I, I mean, it's all the same thing. It's all support. It's all positivity. It's all optimism. And they've all hit on the same points about Drew, how he's growing up, how his commitment to the game, how he's trying to get better. Uh, it's all the same common denominator. And what we haven't heard, minus Kareem Jackson campaigning, and you bring up a good point. Former teammate Deshaun Watson, it's not like Melvin Gordon going out there and saying, you know, it'd be crazy to have Aaron Rodgers in the building. I kind of understand where Kareem Jackson's coming from. We haven't heard anything, though. Nothing from Jerry Judy, who last year said, at least I got my conditioning in. We haven't heard that. We've heard all positive, glowing reviews about Locke. But to be fair, I always talk about, you know, nothing really matters right now in practice. These all glowing reviews don't really do much for me either. I want to see it come out shake out when the, when the preseason starts, the regular season starts. But to this point, we've heard nothing negative about number three. Nothing. Not from inside the building. I mean. No, just Michael they- Lombardi, who's questionable at best. Right. Quincy, what's up? Good to see you. Family's great. He says, I haven't been on social media for a few days. I needed a mental break. Don't blame you. What's the update on the QB situation? The update is there is no update. I mean. Tradition at MHH is to provide a winners and losers after every OTA, a mini camp, training camp, things, you know, we've been doing it for 10 years almost. And so I had to write one up and Teddy Bridgewater is listed as a winner. Drew Locke is listed as a loser in my OTAs, not for uh, t- uh, winners and losers, not because I actually view Drew Locke as being behind the eight ball relative to Teddy Bridgewater or Teddy being ahead, so to speak. But just because like the zeitgeist, you know what you what everyone I've talked to who was there said to me was that Teddy looked better. All right. So it's negligible. Vic Fangio on Monday was asked about whether or not Drew looks like he's been pressing, frustrated, you know, if there's anything to be gleaned from this. And he completely like whack-a-mole stomped it down. No, he did he would not acknowledge or agree that Drew looked like he was pressing. And he emphatically, Zach, made clear that there's no real takeaway from OTAs, even quarterback. Right. Like my rationale in listing the quarterbacks in the winners and losers column here, Zach, was, look, they get to do 11 on 11s. 
the last week of OTAs this year, they were able to do 11 on 11s. And if there's one position that you could actually analyze a little bit, thanks to 11 on 11s, again, no pads, minimal contact, all that, it would be quarterback, right? It's basically there for quarterbacks and skill guys. But still, I had to report something on that front. But I'm telling you, as far as horse from the horse's mouth, so far it's still stasis. And we won't see movement, Quincy, until you get to training camp at the soonest, preseason at the at the most likely. Quincy, you're a very smart man. Everyone needs a break from social media. I highly recommend that. I mean, even just pull back on your tweeting. I know I have. It's It gets to be toxic, so I totally understand you, Quincy. Second of all, Chad, I also reported on OTAs and minicamp practices. If you subscribe to KK, the episode that dropped earlier today, winners and losers from OTAs, uh, three and three, three winners, three losers, and the loser might surprise you. Go check it out. I'll tell you this, Ronnie. Maybe, maybe this is you know not the greatest parenting. Theo's not doing any sleeping in this thing right now. He's he's like on Mama's hip, twenty four seven. FYI. But as soon as this is out of here, he will be sleeping in here because I'm paranoid about routers and Wi Fi and Bluetooth signals and all that stuff. So that'll be soon though. Um, Andrew wants to know how do I get the shirt with y'all's autographs on it. Preferably with Chad's on his dome on my on my right across my forehead, yeah. Um, I mean, look at John look, Andrew, coming in clutch. Best best opportunity for that would be to come join us at the MHH tailgate week three when the New York Jets come to town for the Denver Broncos home opener. We're gonna have a big old MHH tent out there at Empower Field at Mile High in the parking lot. Some of our OGs at MHH like Ray Roybal, he's gonna be basically hosting it for us, helping us to host it. We're going to do a live podcast. We're going to have drinks, food. It's going to be a meet and greet, fun hangout leading up to the to the game time. Then we'll do the game. But So that would probably be your best bet, my friend. Yeah, and as you saw, if you want the football pre-shirt, just came out recently. It's been selling really well. Go to huddleuppod.com and get it right now. Legend has it. If you get the shirt and close your eyes at night, you see our faces in your dreams. Hope you enjoy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. Try not to despair if you see our faces in your dreams. You know, it's probably – just some weird Freudian thing. What does, what, what's up, dude? He says, hey, sorry, Ben MIA from Supers. Thanks for all you do. I'm ready for Locke to win this job and never look back. Hey, it's all good, man. Like I said, if you can't super chat, if you can't subscribe on, on Facebook as a supporter or uh, buy a shirt or hat, it's all good, man. Seriously, just having you here with us, participating in the conversation, clicking the video, liking the video, these are all organic things that mean everything to us. Yes. Thank you guys for everything, everything you guys do. And you, Gary, you're a legend, dude. Love you. Appreciate oh, yeah. you, my friend. You the man. Stars and, legend. And Gary, I'm not sure where you're at geographically, but if it's, a, if it's within the realm of the possible to be there with us for week three, we would most definitely love to, to shake your hand, my friend. Uh, what's up? The Queen's Ooh. in the house too. Christy. Hey. Bring the girls, you know, hop on a plane, red eye on over to, to the Mile High City, and let's let's hang out week three in the in the uh, tailgate. It'll be fun. Hope you can do it. Um, here, what's this from Dennis? I'm with my boy from across the pond. Give me Minshew over Locke. Players, coaches, players and coaches are not going to publicly talk crap about Locke's game. Uh, to a point, you're right, Dennis, about, you know, Pros are pretty careful about what they say about their teammates and whatnot, but I've seen it many more times than I can remember when that split eventually happens and people fall off the train, 
things come out, man. It comes out in the wash, especially in the age of social media. But Minshew, Zach, what is with Minshew, dude? Like, I think Broncos fans remember him driving down in the fourth quarter, week four, 2019, and beating the Broncos. And, like, that's etched in their mind. I said this in March or in in February. I I don't understand the fascination or the cult-like following Minshew has. It's one thing if you're successful and you're that outlandish and you're that, you know, I guess out there flamboyant. But when you're on the Jaguars and you're replaced at quarterback, the mullet and the posing and the hit and the, you know, the the hot rap mixtape covers he's posting on Instagram really doesn't do much. So I, I don't get the Minshew love. He's not good off the field to me, and he's not good on the field. I'm happy the Broncos didn't go after him. Scott, thanks for being with us, my friend, on Facebook. He says he's from Indy. He's in Indy. You know, I thought it was interesting, Zach, when we covered the Combine together in 2019. We were talking with locals and stuff. We'd stop at the gas station on the way to the building or, you know, go grab a bite. And, you you know, they knew that media and NFL descend on the city for these for these dates, especially for the Combine. So that's no secret. But when you ask them, you know, are you geeked up? Are you going to because you can go get a ticket to watch things like at least then you could guys do the bench. You could get tickets to go and um, into the actual stadium and watch some of the 40s and drills and stuff like that. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering that part of it. But either way, you can actually pay and go, you know, be a part of this thing Wear your jersey, get signed from players, things like that, that the NFL allows that fan access Zach, then we talked to the people who live in, in, in Indy, and they're like, um, yeah, no, nah, we don't really care. I was like, oh, all right, cool. I'd be all over that if I lived in Indy. I got to get back to the Combine, uh, hopefully next February when things are more normal now. What an experience, Chad, and what a great city Indianapolis is. The downtown district, it's really fun being there, and I can't wait to go back. The queen, queen. from the top rope. The court, that's C-O-U-R-T in the royal sense is officially in session. You got the queen, you got the duchess. Christy, she says, I need to make it to the tailgate, getting close. Hey, we probably owe you some commissions on the T-shirt. So if there's anything we can do to help you get there, you say the word because we. I don't think it would be complete without Christy there to hang out with us and, and you know, enjoy some sunshine, have a few drinks, hang out, talk shop, meet and greet uh, before the game. So Christy, if you can make that happen and there's anything we can do, just, just let me know. Let us know. We'd be happy to, to uh, do whatever we could to make sure that happens. But thanks for the support. Love you. We will have your crown and your scepter waiting to go <laughs> upon your arrival, Christy. Thank you so much. Your scepter. I love that. Uh, all right. One more super, and then I want to get to this uh, story here from Jesse. Good to see you, Jess. Longtime Super Chat superstar. What's up, buddy? I want to go to Denver to hang out. We'll make it happen, dude. We'll be there. We're going to make it happen. If you can make it happen, we'll hang out. Trust. All right, real quick here. Let me grab this story from, I think it was yesterday, from Saturday. Mr. Mark Murphy. Now, who is that? That is the team president, technically the highest football executive in Green Bay. And they held a little, you know, the Green Bay Packers, it's kind of a weird deal. They're owned by the fans, right? And So they do a lot of different like shareholder events in the stadium and different things to make fans feel, you know, all the more included and stuff like that. And last week they had such an event, Zach at Lambeau field. And he was actually talking about Ted Thompson, the former Packers GM, great GM built a championship roster um, that recently passed away and out came yet another 
passive-aggressive shot across Aaron Rodgers' bow. Quote, I'm often reminded, though, of Ted Thompson. As most of you know, just a great general manager passed away earlier this year. Thompson often talked about Aaron, that he's a, and it wasn't just Aaron, a lot of different players. He would say, he's a complicated fella. So I'll just say that, close quote. Zach, what is the tactical, strategic purpose behind this? I'm trying to understand it because you're just poking the bear. You're just digging him in further. I think this is uh, one of those rare times we might disagree on on a topic. I don't think there's any strategy here. I don't think there's any motive. Uh, This is a guy in Mark Murphy who's not – you know, in front of the press too much. He's not making too many public statements. He's kind of in the background. This wasn't the best thing to say from a PR perspective or a negotiational stance as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But all he was doing there was referencing something the late Ted Thompson said. And, of course, the fake news and the headlines all ran with the snippet that Mark Murphy was saying. it. he wasn't saying that. Was it the, the, the smartest thing to say? No. It does it hurt him if he wants A-Rod back? Maybe a little bit. But I don't think he was strategizing or he's playing chicken here uh, with Rodgers by making this comment. I, I just That's what I believe. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because I think he was using – this is me putting on my, you know, my Freudian hat here, trying to like get inside someone's head. But if you're going to speak – first of all, if you do not want to – further escalate the tensions that exist between you and your future Hall of Fame quarterback who you need back in the building if you're going to make a, a real run at another world championship. There's no reason for you to say anything. He's a complicated fella. Tell us something we don't know. We've said it on this show yeah. before. Aaron Rodgers is an odd duck. He's kind of a weird guy, and he is complicated. But the issue at hand, honestly – is not that complicated. Although, you know, it seems like it is very murky, all these different moving parts. At bottom, this comes down to a ultimatum. Aaron Rodgers wants the GM fired or he doesn't want to play in Green Bay anymore. That's really what this boils down to because they've offered in the money. I got to assume, Zach, that the money they offered Aaron Rodgers was substantial. He's already a top six paid quarterback in the league. So if they're making an additional play beyond that, it's probably putting him top two or three, all right? And that didn't move the needle. That didn't solve it. That didn't do anything. So maybe this, to me, if anything, Zach, I see this as a team president who sees the writing on the wall and realizes that they've made every conceivable effort to try and get Aaron back in the building beyond that one ultimatum, which is fire the GM. And they can't do it. The NFL owners won't let him do it. You know, they, they it's a, it just sets such a bad precedent that, there's no turning back. They can't. They can't turn the ship. And so, why not? Why not? Unless the GM resigns, you know, it's a mutual depart. I don't see it happening though. And I do agree with what Kane Dawson said that complicated fellow really is code word for prima donna or extra or just dramatic, over the top. And we've been saying that, and we caught flack for saying that, calling Aaron Rodgers weird when you alienate and ostracize your own family and doing so through the media, that's complicated. So I agree with Mark Murphy with what he's saying about his character personally, but I think these comments, if there's anything to be gleaned from it, they're not firing the GM. They're sticking their feet hard line in the sand, and they're telling him, listen, you want to come back? Fine. You want to host Jeopardy? Fine. But we're not firing Gutenkunst because you supposedly want to. 
And if they did, I mean, if they did make a move to do that, man, I mean, their phones would be blowing up from the Jerry Joneses and the Robert Crafts of the world. And, you know, God rest his soul, if Mr. B was still with us, he'd probably be on the phone campaigning against it, too, just because it's just it just sets a very bad precedent. Brandon, good to see you as well, my friend. Appreciate you being with us. Um, Charlie says, Rogers is a tough mother. He's no prima donna. No, he is a tough guy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Rogers has gritted and grinded through some injuries. You know, he's been in the league a long time. He's accomplished a heck of a lot. That's not to take away from his what he is as a player. <laughs> We're cool. talking between the between the years. And Kevin here, say, put that back up, John. Kevin says, in a weird twist, Wheel of Fortune is going to make a play on a <laughs> Or the price is right, you know. Or maybe the price is wrong. New show, right, with uh, Adam Sandler and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I, I just – it is – you know, I don't think Mark Murphy was talking about him complicated from a professional standpoint. Obviously, he's played through injury. He is a tough guy, a tough player. But off the field, personally, he seems like um, – how do I say it? Obviously not soft mentally, but he's easily rattled mentally. He's complicated. Say what you want, whatever word you want to use, I think I agree with Mark Murphy's characterization personally. He's complicated, he's a diva, and I think that's the nicest way to say, listen, my quarterback is a diva, he's a complicated fella. All right, let me grab here, just while we're on the topic. Kane, appreciate the super chat, bro. Good to see you in the chat. Good to talk with you on Twitter. Appreciate you. He goes, Aaron Rodgers is a prima donna, and I think that could hurt more than help this young franchise. But hey, I could be wrong. Hashtag win the West. Honestly, I think it would be one of those type deals where he's so long in the tooth. Like Aaron Rodgers is not much longer for the league. He's 38 years old. Um, I don't think he wants to play till he's 45 and literally a gray beard like Tom Brady's angling for. So I think it's going to be one of those deals where if he does get traded, whether it's to Denver or anywhere else, it's – the amount of time he's going to be with the team is going to be more dominated by the honeymoon period of any new union than anything else. And by the time the whirlwind is, is passed, you've accomplished whatever you could accomplish with Aaron Rodgers. I do think the Broncos could go quite a ways with Aaron. If he ends up in Denver, I mean, this is, we, we fantasize about it at times. And this is from two guys that are very optimistic about Drew Locke, but you know, optimism and confidence, you know, they can be two different things. If you put Aaron Rodgers, Zach, in Denver, suddenly you're not hoping and agonizing and worrying are the Broncos going to get embarrassed when they draw the Chiefs on the schedule. Like you're honestly, earnestly, realistically expecting your team to beat the Chiefs on any given Sunday. Man, I would hope that their internal feeling with the quarterback they have now is, oh, my God, we're scared of Kansas City because we're going to get swept because of Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. I understand A-Rod gives them a better chance, but this is a very talented roster, and I'm just looking forward to some sort of resolution. I know I'm not alone in that regard either. I just want one thing or another, one shoe to drop, so we know what's, what it is going forward instead of analyzing every piece of uh, – of, words every quote that comes out every piece of news that comes out overanalyzing and and you know just dissecting it i just want some sort of resolution by the way for those of you who missed friday night's dove valley deep divers or the article zach wrote by the way go read the article here's what melvin gordon who appeared on nfl network's good morning football here's what he said about the aaron Rodgers situation quote as far as aaron Rodgers, i honestly think he's gonna stay with green bay 
I think he's going to stay there, man. You can't really see him in any other color. But who would be upset with having Aaron Rodgers? We don't have to have him, so we got to roll with Teddy. Uh, we got to roll with Drew. So whoever's our guy is our guy, close quote. It's almost identical to the Von Miller quote we read earlier. It'd be crazy having him, but Drew's our guy for now. And listen, Melvin Gordon, he's from Wisconsin. He played college ball in Wisconsin. He has some sort of feel, I think, for that you know, that environment, that city, and he that's his prediction. So it, it's worth taking uh, – Taking note of, you got to remember that Gordon is from Wisconsin, right? Went went to the University of Wisconsin. "Quote: That's going to be bittersweet if Rogers gets traded. My Wisconsin people are going to be hurt if Aaron Rodgers leaves, and I hate to see them sad. With that going on, it's just crazy. I don't want to speak too much on Aaron Rodgers because we've got the competition between Drew Locke and Teddy. But it would be a disservice for a lot of fans to not see Aaron Rodgers play this year, regardless of what team he's on." And I'm sure that a lot of people turned on the TV because of him. Close quote. So, Zach, there's some truth to that. You know, if Aaron Rodgers, Broncos for the first time in 30 years nearly, don't get a Monday night football draw on the schedule. They have one primetime game. It's on a Thursday night. If Aaron Rodgers suddenly sports the orange and blue, NFL moves some things around, finds a way to get them in the primetime. But he's not on the same level as Peyton as far as the – boundary crossing superstar that brings people in ropes people in. I mean Zach how many how many fans in our community have we talked to that became fans of the Broncos because of Peyton Manning now maybe there'd be some similar runoff if Aaron Rodgers became a Bronco like maybe Packers fans with some of them a very small minority kind of follow him to the Denver Broncos I doubt it would be anywhere near as much of an, a true upswell though Zach yeah, I, you're going to see a lot more cheese, I think, in the stands at Mile High this year if Aaron comes here. And there's going to be that natural exodus of just loyalists to Aaron Rodgers. Not necessarily Packers fans, Aaron Rodgers fans. Same thing with Peyton Manning. So the Broncos fan base would grow by a certain number. But I, I agree with you. At 38 years old, uh, playing hardball with th- these this weird situation, I don't think he would have the same groundbreaking um ripple effect on the NFL like Peyton did coming to Denver, uh, you know, almost 10 years ago now. It's crazy. I'm trying to show this from Andrew. Here it is. Hold on one second. Let me, let me throw this up here. All right, there it is. Andrew, appreciate the super chat. Appreciate you patronizing the merch store, huddleuppod.com. And tell us what your Instagram handle is. We'll throw this up on Instagram, give you a flex, give you some love. Rocking the football priest hat and T-shirt like a boss. That's that that garners a mile high salute from yours truly. So really appreciate you, Zach. This is a guy that he's patronizing the merch store. He's putting up a super chat. He's a subscriber, a supporter on Facebook. Any way that you can possibly support what we're doing here, Andrew steps up to the plate and does it. Yeah, Andrew, thank you so much. And I got to get myself one of those blue uh, football pre-shirts. It looks pretty uh, pretty clean. Thank you, Andrew, so much for your support, and we hope you like the swag. Popping, looking good. All right, we are at 35 minutes. We're doing pretty good time-wise here. Let's see who else has joined the conversation. Dale, what's up, brother? Uh, it was good to talk with you, and uh, appreciate you being here. Appreciate the support. He says, I have a bad cell service connection, so I'll have to watch later. Dropping in to show my support, reading a few comments just makes me wish that even for just one show, Broncos country would not bicker over the QB situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, look, we try to be 
bastions of reason, honestly, in this whole deal. But it really, any given situation, whether it's politics, religion, uh, interpersonal relationships, pick the topic, your viewpoint on it, unless you're cognizant of your pre-existing bias, is going to be uh, affected by whatever that bias is. There are people on YouTube, you know, very minor, uh, very vocal minority. I saw one or two comments the other day going through the comments through our admins on YouTube. They were saying, hey, Chad and Zach, you guys are the reason that there's a division in Broncos country. Wait, what? Because we say anything remotely positive about Drew, we're the reason. <clears throat> Drew Lock derangement syndrome is a thing. I mean, I don't see it, but nevertheless – we're all on the same page, guys. We're all here to talk Broncos. Drew Locke is a Bronco. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is a Bronco. I think everyone wants to see those guys succeed in their heart of hearts, but the problem is that people get dug in on their positions, and then it comes down to pride and defending your positions against all uh, all comers. I'm not going to take the blame for division in Broncos country. That starts from the Broncos having this quarterback competition. It starts with Locke not stepping up, and that's coming from a Locke fan, not taking hold of the quarterback mantle last year. It wouldn't be a conversation right now, but for us to be blamed for it, no. I mean, this is a thing that goes on in every single fan base. I just haven't seen it as uh, as intense and as hateful as it is in Broncos country. But you know what? Regardless, I'm not backing down, Chad. Neither are you. Uh, we're going to continue being honest and objective in our analysis. We have criticized Locke way more than people realize. I just did it. I literally just said it wasn't good enough last year. But I'm not going to be overly critical either. I'm not going to go with the flow, with the mob, with the sheep. I'm going to have my own opinion and my own eye test. And I, I strongly urge everyone out there to do the same thing. Luis, good to see you again, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. He says, pick your poison, QB hypothetical. Deshaun Watson for five to eight years, but highly likely will be uh, suspended the majority of the first year or Aaron Rodgers for four or five years. Uh, To me, that's a no-brainer. You guys know that I was skeptical. I've been skeptical even before the accusations of Deshaun Watson because, look, I know there was mitigating circumstances. Just like with Drew, having a bad 2020 or up and down 2020, there were a lot of mitigating moving parts, mitigating circumstances that contributed to that. That's not to take, you know, the onus of what blame Locke shares in that off his shoulders, but the same can be said for Deshaun last year, but it really bothers me that people think that a quarterback who presided over one of the worst records in the league last year is suddenly going to take this team to the promised land. That's what has always bothered me about Deshaun Watson. So for me, this is all about the answer here. No brainer. I mean, if if this was the hypothetical, I'm in a corner gun to the head. It's Aaron Rodgers. See, I disagree with that. And I understand. I think A-Rod is the better quarterback, but you're talking about longevity. I mean, you're also giving up more than likely. Let's say Deshaun Watson is suspended. You trade for him. You're not, he's not going to draw three first-round picks, Bradley Chubb, you know, Jerry, Judy, whatever. You can get him for a discount. He's also, what, 26, 27 years old? You'd be having him for, what, 10 years, 8 years or so? I don't think Rodgers is playing four or five years. I think he has two or three years of high-level play left, and he's going to fall off a cliff. He's not going to be Brady. So in that hypothetical, I'm giving up less compensation for a quarterback that's going to play for me longer and has just as much upside and even more considering he can run in this offense than uh, someone who's 38 years old. 
I still worry about Watson. Like even even take the football stuff aside and set it aside. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That doesn't mean it's the only predictor. It's the best predictor. Right? Sometimes people change, and so that changes the equations because it does happen. But if you're trying to project the future, the best way to predict it is looking at the past. This could happen again. You don't know with whatever these accusations are. And you, as a team, you find yourself once again in a hole if you moved mountains to get Deshaun Watson here. But I just don't think, I mean, look, Deshaun Watson right now, Zach, is still radioactive. It's a toxic situation that no NFL team wants to touch with a 10-foot pole until and unless he either settles these claims out of court, gives them a payment to make it go away, and then teams wait to see what the NFL does. Then it becomes, all right, do we still want to make a move for Deshaun Watson? Aaron Rodgers, meanwhile, this is a situation that it seems more plausible to me, even though he's the reigning MVP. I, I agree. You know, I agree with the premise, but I can. Isn't Aaron Rodgers radioactive as well? What he's doing right now, forcing his way out, and all the, uh, you know, the weird, complicated fella he's being. I mean, it's not comparable with all the sexual misconduct allegations against Watson, but he's no, you know, perfect quarterback, perfect teammate either. I I have the fear that you give up three first round picks and a foundational player like Bradley Chubb, what's not to say Rodgers won't turn around a year from now and do the same thing he's doing in Green Bay? That's my worry. I mean, it's a concern, but on the same level of Deshaun Watson, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I guess you could make an argument for Aaron Rodgers potentially uh, becoming a toxic influence in the locker room, but I still haven't heard one of his teammates complain about Aaron. I've heard, you know, we've heard passive aggressive negative shots uh, from some of the leadership, excuse me, Um, but not the teammates. Meanwhile, like literally as a physical thing, you can't touch Deshaun Watson right now, lest you get freaking radiation poisoning. Like he's off the, off the, the map, so to speak. Brandon, what's up, dude? Bama Broncos in the house. Thanks for the super chat. Good to see you again. He says, we will all know who our starters are by the end of August. Yep. I don't know which game is going to be the dress rehearsal this time around, Zach, because it's usually week three and then you rest the starters or uh, game three two. and then you rest the start rest the starters game four. I don't know. I, I think it's still going to be game three. Like if I had to predict it, I bet that game three still is the dress rehearsal. It's just that it's a much smaller, shorter, right. you know, exposure. It also depends. Do they want to give that game for the backups? Like the fourth game usually is every year. Would that be the third game? Because then the dress rehearsal will be the second game. So I could see it going either way. But yes, by the end of August, going into final cuts and uh, the regular season, we should know, thankfully, who the Broncos starters are and the quarterback is, most importantly. Edward Keating in the house, another legendary MHH super chat superstar. He's been on the show goes live in the MHH Superfan Facebook group on the reg. Appreciate you being with us, my friend. Rocking the Let Him Hate t-shirt. He says, Locke is my QB. I would love to come back on the show. Thanks, Chad and Zach Denver Broncos for life. Locke 2021, Let Him Hate. Yeah, Edward, we can make that happen one of these days. We got a pretty full schedule for the next couple of months, but we might be able to swing something in August. I just would have to look to see how that's shaping up. But we'll definitely uh, keep you in mind and keep you. Uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, let me see where we're at real quick here. Kevin on Facebook wants to talk. And Kevin, let me tell you something. I want to give you some props real quick. 
you have really been consistent as a superstar sender on Facebook, giving us stars every time we're live. And I just want you to know we see that and we appreciate it. It all adds up and it's very meaningful, very cool for us to see. He says, hey, guys, um, what duo, corner duo, linebacker duo, wide receiver duo, mm. will have a better season in your opinion? Love your guys' pod. Good Zach, question. what's your answer? Huh. Well, it's – again, this is the subjective. You know, it's defined what the better season is, what's a good season. But you talk about production, wide receiver and then the other positions just blow them out of the water. I mean, you're going to have maybe 2,000-yard receivers compared to, what, two cornerbacks that have four combined interceptions. So you're in, ta- in terms of production, overall stats, uh, receivers. You have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler – uh, but don't discount either cornerback as well. If the Broncos get Ronald Darby from last year, if Kyle Fuller, now that he's shown up to the building, plays like the all-pro that he was, combined with Patrick Sertan, combined with Bryce Callahan, I mean, this secondary could be lethal. So I'll go wide receiver and then a couple notches down cornerback. It's definitely going to be Sutton Judy, in my opinion. But don't sleep on Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. For real. I mean, they were consistent, steady, reliable linebackers last year. Didn't miss a start. Uh, You know, we clown on PFF sometimes for their arbitrary grades and some of the ways they handled Drew Locke as far as their uh, analysis goes. But they had Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell as a top five linebacker duo in the league last year. Now, if what Josie Jewell said this past week ends up holding some water. You know, he worked on three different aspects of his game in order to become better in coverage. If that ends up coming out in the wash, this could be a very potent linebacker duel. And then if you add to that, Zach, like if Alexander Johnson falls in line with what Vic Fangio wants, and that is to, um, you know, not be quite so much of a freelancer on the field and do what his assignment and technique demands. You know, in other words, listen to the coaches more than you have been. If those stars align, there's a really good chance you're not going to see Baron Browning and Justin Sternot on the field all that much in 2021. I want to see Baron play, though, and, you know, I'll be happy if they can guard a tight end. Let's just start there, and then we'll work our way up. But immediately right out of the gates, I mean, Sutton and Judy is one of the best receiver combos in the entire game. So I, for one, am excited to see what they're going to do on the field. Quick shout-out. I know we've already given them both some love, but we got to uh, say thank you. With the flash on screen here, Kevin, Gary Leach Palmer, thank you for the stars, guys, on Facebook. Hats off. It all adds up, as you hear us say many, many times. Appreciate each of you and all of you who support us here uh, keeping the lights on. So thank you. All right, 46 minutes. John, we are – let me see where we're at here. Checking the back, and we got Edward. Okay, while we're on this topic, Zach, it was perfect timing your KK discussion about winners and losers because, of course, OTAs just uh, just ended, and it is tradition to talk about winners and losers without completely spoiling everything that you talked about on Kellerman's Corner. We do want people to subscribe and, and be a part of that on Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and share this real quick since we got 14 minutes till we get out of here. These are my winners and losers, and I just want your thoughts on this. Okay, you just tell me where if I stray, if I'm right, if I'm wrong. Uh, here's who I got as winners: five, five winners, three losers. Oh, hold on, let me get rid of this little banner down here so it doesn't. All right, so I've got Teddy. I got Teddy as a winner. All right. Um, mm. Again, again, this is 
based on, or this is the article here, all right? Or this is the uh, key in the article, based on the outside view from media in attendance. And these aren't just, this isn't just me going off reading tweets, all right? This is me talking to people, all right? Phone, uh, email, texting people that I know. Based on the outside view from media in attendance, Bridgewater seemed to outduel Drew Locke early on at OTAs. Almost without fail, anyone who watched an 11-on-11 practice opined that the veterans seemed to have a better performance. Again, this is me picking nits because I wanted to list, if, if you're going to say, all right, based on those three 11-on-11 practices, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, who was the winner, who was the loser? From outside the building, it's Teddy. Although inside the building, I would love to know. I've tried to see what I can divine on that. It's been silent to me on that topic what that internal opinion is on who won, but your thoughts. Well, I wouldn't say that he was a loser, but I feel like he was being propped up and being aided by the media and by the fan base. I mean, everything he did was just amazing and he committed no mistakes. Even when he threw a pick, it was no big deal. So if he didn't have the media and those constant uh, lock critics in his corner, I don't think, you know, it would be anything that would stand out to you, anything noteworthy. And my opinion also applies to Locke being in the loser category because everything he did was so scrutinized, so criticized. Uh, that's the impression that the media gave out to him. And, and if you follow certain media members, they have their own agendas. They have their own narratives. Not a lot of Locke fans in the Broncos media. So it works hand in hand. I think that's why Bridgewater, if you want to talk about a winner and a loser from a June practice – I think the media was completely in his corner, and that's why he's where he is on this list. And remember, Monday was the first chance anyone really got outside the building to see Teddy throw. I mean, in a meaningful rep situation, 11-on-11s. That's why it was such a manic, just what came out of that. But if you go from Monday's practice where it was, oh, Locke's pressing, uh, he looked frustrated, Teddy won the day. Tuesday, quiet, nothing to write home about. Wednesday. Nothing to write home about. You know what that tells me, Zach? Drew Locke probably bounced back in a big, bad way, hence the silence on on the Western front. Yeah, I just don't. How do you win a voluntary seven-on-seven practice, though? I mean, even in training camp, talk about winning the day doesn't amount to much when the regular season rolls around and the games start counting. So, you know, again, he wasn't bad necessarily, but how much could you really take out of? How much could you really commend Teddy Bridgewater for when the media is just constantly praising him, oftentimes way over the top. I always cringe when I quote myself in a written article here on the podcast, but I'm going to do it real quick. The feedback from Tuesday and Wednesday was mostly tepid on both quarterbacks, but that Monday practice seemed to confirm the bias of those looking to see Locke struggle while having the opposite effect on those expecting to see him hold his own. Such is the nature of human beings and preconceived notions. Locke is hyper-scrutinized while Bridgewater is given the benefit of the doubt. Wake me up when the preseason hits because that's when you'll know what's going on. We'll be able to see it with our own eyes. Um, here's another winner I got here, Zach. Javante yep. Williams. Yep, yep. Without doubt, the same people I've talked to, all right, Javante was eye-popping. Eye like he was yep. just turning heads. And I've got him listed as a winner and Melvin Gordon as a loser only yep. because Melvin wasn't there and Javante did nothing but shine. So if you're Melvin, you got to question the wisdom of choosing to, I know it's voluntary OTAs, but to voluntarily choose to allow your high, highly drafted competitor in the running back room, get the lion's share of the first team reps and 
shine with his teammates, shine with his coaches. Very ill-advised. Now, minicamp starts Tuesday, and then we go into the six-week NFL summer. So Melvin will have a chance to kind of show what he can do uh, in the arena of having Javante there. But early on, Javante, Pookie, definitely a winner. In terms of Gordon, too, I mean, he didn't come to OTAs three weeks after promising to endear himself to the Broncos, promising to endear himself to the Broncos fan base. Same thing he did last year after signing his big contract. Never showed up until he absolutely had to. That's Melvin Gordon. And not to spoil KK, he's also on my losers list. And Javante's also on my winners list. It's, again, hard to tell much from voluntary OTAs, June practices, but he's running hard. He's pass blocking in certain drills. He's catching the ball. I mean, he is as advertised so far, but so far right now are the keywords. Another winner that was bell of the ball, Patrick Sertan. And I threw in here that Kyle Fuller was a loser, not because of anything he did or didn't do on the field, but because he chose to skip a lot of OTAs showed up at the 11th hour, and he did look good in 11-on-11s. Um, but that window, again, similar to Gordon and Pookie, exactly. just allowed Patrick to kind of put his foot in the door maybe a li- and, and kind of force it open a little wider than he would have been able to if Kyle would have just shown up for his job. Exactly. Same exact uh, listing I have on KK as well, Sertan winner and Fuller loser. Fuller's disappointing because, like I mentioned on the, on KK, the Broncos showed such urgency. He was cut from the Bears, and then 10 minutes later he had a contract faxed to him. But he doesn't. He hasn't reciprocated the same urgency with Denver. I mean, dragging his feet. And not even if Vic Fangio knew where he was, what was going on. It wasn't a personal matter. It wasn't an injury. He decided not to come after the Broncos gave him $9.5 million and a pretty good audition. But Sertan is the real deal. So far, once again, the accolades, the adulation he's drawing from the Broncos and inside the locker room. Von Miller called him a specimen. I mean, that says something. All right. Last two winners, both Cortland Sutton. And I put him on here just by virtue of the fact that he was there. He was running. He was cutting. That's a victory, you know, as he works back from his ACL. And then I put Jerry Judy. And my rationale for Jerry Judy, Zach, being a winner. Um, What the, Sam? I just clicked off for a second. Dale, we'll we'll grab Dale next year. Goodness gracious, Dale. I lost my train of thought. Um, The the reason Jerry's in the winner column is he did make a lot of highlight plays that turned some heads. He's looking good. The drop issues, he's worked hard on them, all right? He's putting the OT on the jugs machine, trying to get on the same page with Drew, trying to get on the same page with Teddy. But really, Zach, the reason, the biggest thing that influenced me is he is one-on-one with DenverBroncos.com two weeks ago where he was affable, he was happy, he was smiling, he was joking, he was open. This shows me that he has matured and that last year was quite a learning lesson for him. And it just really makes me all the more excited for what he might be able to do in year two. 21-year-old kid who was a star in college in the NFL for the first time with a bad quarterback situation on a losing team. I mean, who wouldn't blame him for being a little grumpy and being a little immature? I, I The quotes are great, and I want to get to Dale in just one second here. But the fact that Judy's actually caught passes hasn't dropped any. That's the most encouraging thing. And that's why I think we're going to see a big year two leap from the Broncos' former first-round pick. Dale, you really, you really uh, take our breath away with that level of support, yeah, my friend. It's and incredible. it's not the first time. This is the second time Dale has made a $400 Super Chat on this show. And he's done very generous Super Chats on this show beyond that. Like anytime he's in the chat, very generous Super Chat. 
But Dale, just know, man, that that we appreciate it. A, B, it goes to a good use. It keeps these shows going. It keeps Zach, myself, John, keeps all of us, uh, gives us the means to continue dedicating our time, creative energies to the community and to these live streams and doing more shows. And, you know, I could go on, dude, but you've, and, and you've heard us say it before, Dale, I don't want it ever to come off or sound tonally or by ver- of the actual content of what I say in any way, shape or form cliche. It really matters a lot to us and it, it's very meaningful and we appreciate you very much, my friend, and can't wait to get you back on the show next time you want to come on the show. I mean, we'll do it. We'll, we'll bring you on anytime. I mean, I mean, we got August is pretty wide open. I think we'll see. Um, Hard to give when YouTube sets limits. When you're let good. me get 700. Jeez. You're good. Dale, love you, bro. Let's throw his super back on real quick, John, so I can read what he said. Um, lots of outside noise. I'm excited about this defense. If we hit potential, this team can really compete, in my opinion. The secondary has me drooling. If Teddy's under center with a great D, we are going to compete. If Drew plays above Teddy, though, even better because the offense is loaded. What do you feel about the potential this team as is? Zach, I'll let you start off on the actual question. I'm just kind of like in a stupor right now. I, mean, I just see that that amount. I see the 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 figure there, and it, it literally keeps me it leaves me tongue tied. Dale, you are truly remarkable. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so so much. In terms of the question, if Drew plays above Teddy, even better. You know, what do you feel about the uh, the potential of the team? If Drew Locke is quarterbacking the Broncos, I, I, that gives them the higher ceiling. I don't think anyone can debate that. You, you might say that Bridgewater's floor is higher, and okay, I agree with that. But Drew Locke's ceiling is a lot higher. And if he plays like he did in certain situations last year, not all because he wasn't good enough, but the Carolina game, even the finale last year, he was on point. If we get that Drew Locke and the Broncos get the defense they think they're getting and the schedule's lightening up, I mean, the potential of this team, potential upside ceiling, whatever word you want to use, I could see it being 12 wins. I mean, they their roster is that solid. It's that deep. And I think everything coming together this year, the coaching staff knows they're fighting for their job. Drew Locke knows he's fighting for his job. I mean, I know I'm high on Locke, Chad, but I don't think 12, 12 wins is unrealistic given what he can be and what the rest of the Broncos can be. Dale, I love you, dude. You're the man. I, st- I still can't even talk right. Thank you, Dale. My answer is the potential of this team. If we're just talking potential, the potential is a playoff team. You know, potential doesn't doesn't pay the bills. They got to put it into action. They got to convert that potential into production. Two P words, potential, production, two different things. If they do that and things t- come together for Fangio, things come together for Shermer, Things come together for either Drew or Teddy, which either whichever one wins the the battle. Yeah, this is a team that can be a factor. I just look, unless this ends up being the second coming of the 2015 Broncos defense, though, I just don't see Teddy being able to go toe to toe with the Chiefs, playing keep away and you know ball control. Unless you do literally have again version two of no fly zone, shutdown, smothering defense. Drew though. If everything comes together for him, and again, it's an if, right? It's potential versus production. I do see his ceiling and potential as having the opportunity to be able to go in and go toe-to-toe if everything comes together. 
lots of ifs. You know, they say about ifs, buts, and candy and nuts and all that. So we'll see. But the bottom line, Dale, we both agree. This is this is a loaded team, and whichever quarterback wins this thing, they are in a very fortunate yeah. situation to do some damage. I was going to say, even if Bridgewater gets the job, they can be a 10-win, 11-win team. This should be a, a team that flirts with the playoffs, regardless of who's quarterbacking them uh, this season. They, again, the talent level, you look around the roster, you can make the case for quarterback, but what's the Broncos' weakest link? I mean, it, you truly f- try to find one, maybe inside linebacker, but even then, you have a, a young player waiting in the wing. So we're going to see some damage this year in Denver, regardless if it's Teddy Two Gloves or number three. Dale says, love this podcast, the whole crew, and love the interaction with your fellow Broncos fans. You guys do such a great job of being balanced. Love hearing that. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Dale. You mean we're not causing divisiveness? We're not the cause for all the world's problems? I'm shocked. Shocked, Dale. Thank you. Andrew has two super chats, and then we got one other one. Then we got to get out of here for tonight. Andrew says, and thank you again, Andrew. OTA equals overthought-out analysis. (laughs) Nice. Nice acronym. Uh, and then he says, I'd love to get a chance on the podcast. My birthday is November 11th. We got time. I can't wait to see how the Broncos do this season. Hashtag let them hate. Andrew, we are putting together as we speak kind of a a process for inviting Facebook su- uh, super supporters onto the show. So that's in the works. That's in the cards. We'll start putting a plan together and, and executing it here very soon. But you're on the list, bro. Thank you for everything. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Uh, Manny Wise, thank good you. to see you, Manny. Manny is another long time. I mean, I can think back to the first time we started doing these live streams, Zach, in the uh, end of August 2019. Manny was there. Um, Manny, is the, he asked, is there anywhere on MHH website to donate? No, we, we don't do, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, Zach? Patreon. Uh, Patreon. We don't do Patreon. <clears throat> we don't do subscribe star on the written side of things. You know, that takes care of itself and, and we do right. just fine over there on the video podcast side, any support we get on super chat and from the supporters on Facebook, that's all very needed and meaningful because that funds what we do on this side. So what you're doing, that's it. Thank you, Manny. Big Kev. What's up, dude? Love you, bro. Good to see you. I have been staying in touch with you as a lurker on Facebook. I see your posts. I try to interact with them when I see them. So I don't feel like it's been too long. But he says, don't catch too many live ones, but congrats on the new baby boy, Chad. Hey, thanks, brother. Really do appreciate that. It's good to see you around, KP. Thank you. Guys, with that, we got to call it a night. Thanks to each and every one of you for peeling off some of your time to spend with us here in this conversation. And it does feel like a conversation, not just Zach and I talking to each other, but us talking with you, not at you, not to you, not trying to assert, you know, our takes and ram them down your throat. I mean, we're going to be confidently tell you what we think, but in honest to goodness, we really crave true dialectic. That means, you know, if you come to us with a, with a take that makes us question our own, Hey man, we, we will consider it. Like we're not, you know, we're not um, mute. We're not blind to the notion that we could be wrong on some of our takes. And so that's why these conversations we have with you guys in a very loose, unfiltered, unplanned forum is really good for us. It keeps us sharp. It keeps us well honed on our takes and our 
knowledge of the game and the Broncos and the league and everything. So you guys, we love you. Appreciate each and every one of you, but we really do have to get on out of here. So uh, we'll be back though tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And Zach, with that, sign us on out of here. Yes, sir. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend, Chad, John, everyone else out there. Thank you so much. Follow us on uh, Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelperman NFL. Follow our producer, Buona Beast, at John KMHH. Hit up the uh, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. KK dropped this afternoon. Great conversation, guys. Winners and losers from OTAs. Go check that out. Trickle Zone yesterday was great. Check that out as well. Also, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag. Get a hat like Chad's wearing. Get anything that your heart fancies. Look at that shirt right there. Look at those faces. Who wouldn't want to wear that across your chest? Go get a shirt right now. I promise you guys, they're dope. Everyone likes them so far. But we appreciate you regardless if you can't do that. We ask you to do... Three things, as you see right there. Subscribe, like, and share. Helps us more than you know. It takes literally three seconds, and we appreciate each and every single click. With that, though, we're out till tomorrow night. We'll be back on tomorrow, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. New week of podcasting. Can't wait for it. Uh, take care, Chad. See you tomorrow night. As always, go Broncos. Dale, you the man. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.